0: Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Uh, we just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you have decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Today we have Pastor Stephen and Corey Gann, our worship leader, um, joining us today. And so Pastor Stephen, you you are in Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 9 through 20. And you kind of make, uh, you start off the sermon by this, by this quote saying, You and I are going to see our reflection in the Word of God today, and it may not be a pretty picture. So you set the sermon up kind of letting us know what's about to happen. You set the sermon up talking about what Romans is about to say uh, and you start to talk about our guilty guilty nature and that guilt drives us to do some things. So can you can you talk about that and and what that guilt drives us to do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do think it's interesting uh that this week where we we talked about where we talk about guilty nature uh, that we we do ask Corey to come in here, so I don't I don't know if there's any uh, yes sir if we there's any, uh, correlation the producer, between the two. The um,
0: producer is a well wise, very strong person, and he uh, he knows what we're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I I just wanted in the sermon, I just wanted to uh, from the very start. Hey, we're not going to hijack you a little bit later on. Right. I want you to know uh, here here's what the scripture says. Uh, and it's not going to be a pretty thing because quite honestly, the, the, there are a lot, there are a lot of places that you don't, you don't really hear that. And I don't, I don't say that to say, Oh, how, hey, wait, look at us, man. We're, uh, we're this awesome thing, or you're going to hear something from us that you're not going to hear from anyone else. That's, that's absolutely not the case. There's some, there's some great expository biblical preachers and churches out there uh, so this is not unique to us. I do think it is. Uh, it's a smaller minority of folks that today even uh, address guilt or sin, uh, the nature that we have, the choice that we make. It, it, it usually is more along the lines of here's how good you are, and here's how loving God is, and God wants to give you what you want because you're you're so good. And, and th- it flies in the face of what Paul would say. I I think nobody could ever accuse Paul of being a motivational speaker. (laughs) Uh, Paul is just like, Hey, don't have a lot of time. Let's cut to the chase. You look in the law, you see a reflection and it's bad. It's not good. So that's the reason why I address that. uh, Because I think a lot of times we sit there and we think of ourselves um, as better because of comparisons that we make and in the reality uh, none of us will ever receive the the cleansing the healing the salvation that we need until we come to that first realization man i'm i'm rotten i'm rotten to the core uh now it's interesting because Uh, afterwards somebody came and said so do you do you believe that someone who is not a follower of christ if they can do any good and i'm like well first of all that's a that's a really good question and that's a question that that i've wrestled with uh i think i think the answer to that question is what is the definition of good uh can Somebody who does not know Christ do what we would say is some earthly good. Well, yeah, I would agree with that statement. We, we see that all the time. Can they do eternal good? I'd say no. I'd say no. So, yeah, I, I'm one of those total depravity guys if your definition of good is eternal good. Um, and I would say that any good that can be accomplished on the earth is not because we're good. I would say it's in spite of the fact that we're rotten. Uh, so, so that's the reason why I just wanted to make it very clear in the sermon from the get-go. Hey, uh, we, and it's we, it's us, we're, we're going to look in the mirror, and God's Word's going to expose us for who we, who we really are.
0: Well and, and guilt is a, a big thing. I think a lot of people deal with guilt. We don't know how to we don't know how to deal with it. We don't know how to process it sometimes. Um, and you make you make you make several statements that, you know, guilt drives people to alcohol, drugs, despair, insanity and all those things. And then you quote something from MacArthur that said, Men feel guilty because they are guilty and that guilting guilty feeling is only a symptom of the real problem, which is sin um, I I thought that was a profound statement. Like it's very simple, but yet it's very profound. in it's meaning that, you know, we, we are guilty because well we're guilty.
1: Absolutely. And, and profound John MacArthur said it. I did not say it very profound. Um, MacArthur is, uh, is just rich, uh, with, uh, Theology and his understanding of scripture and the uh, application in the culture and the times that we live in. Uh, there's only a few things that MacArthur is wrong on. And so I'm hoping he'll get that right pretty soon. Uh, I wrote him a letter a few years ago and I don't even think he opened it. So can we get a copy of that letter? No, I'm just teasing about the letter, okay? <laughs> teasing about the letter. Well, and then,
0: you know, along this guilt thing, and you mentioned it earlier, the sooner that we can admit that we're sinners, And the sooner that we can move on to receive God's forgiveness, like there, there's freedom there. Like, how do we as a church, or how do we help people understand that you know, once there's there's freedom in giving your life to Christ, there's freedom in giving up, there's freedom in realizing what Christ has done and surrendering our life to Him.
1: Yeah, we when we get over to uh, chapter three. Uh, a little bit further down, he's going to talk about that. It's going to build out of verse 23, Romans 3, 23. We say that is the first step. That's the absolute beginning of uh, of the salvation process for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? So, so he's going to talk about that, that slavery there. And uh, for us, when we think of the terminology uh, slavery, automatically we think of the Antebellum South in the 17 and 1800s, and so we 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 have this automatic bad uh, viewpoint of of slavery. Uh, but what he is basically referring to is that you know during the Roman times that there there would be free men that would purchase slaves, and then after they bought them as their property, they would they would set them free. And then the the slave of their of their own volition, of their own will, and I don't even know that you can call them a slave anymore because they've been set free from slavery, but out of their own will, choose to serve the guy who just set them free. Uh, and so that's 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 what that is. You know, here's Christ, the guilt that we're wrestling with. Uh, a lot of folks. A lot of folks, you might even ask them, are you, do you feel guilty? And they'll say, well, no, I don't feel guilty, but they're not giving a a true description of that gnawing that they have inside of them, that emptiness there. And that's the reason why so many folks go through relationships, they go through uh, careers, they go through toys, they go through uh, addictions, all those kinds of things, because and I man I'm trying to get rid of that feeling there that uh that's just haunting me and I uh I don't know I don't know how to do that and so Paul's saying hey how about this how how, how about you let the one who has already paid the price for your forgiveness bought your freedom from the slavery of guilt and the chains of sin receive that 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 freedom that he offers and then as a result of that freedom you're like i want to serve the one who who paid the price for me so uh yeah great great freedom but it's got to come at the price where or the point where you sit there and say man i'm in i'm in bondage in every sense i'm in bondage to myself because paul's established hey we're looking in the mirror your thoughts are rotten. Your mouth stinks. You know, you got graves in your throat. Uh, your attitude and, uh, you know, your uh, what drives you, your motivation. Eh, yeah, that's all pretty rotten as well. And it brings about that guilt that Christ will set you free from.
0: I know Sunday you talked about uh, being able to forgive yourself. Can you go into that a little more? Because there's a lot of people who deal with that, you know, having some kind of sin, and then they can't forgive themselves for it, even though God has.
1: Yeah, I was having a conversation with a guy just the other day, and in the conversation, this is somebody who loves the Lord, somebody that has been used by the Lord in great and mighty ways. Many people have come to know Christ because of his, his, uh, his, his faithfulness to God, and, and, and then he messed up, I mean, like we all do. And he was allowing that sin to define him. And in the conversation, I just said, hey, man, listen, you, you do get the fact that when you don't forgive yourself, you're robbing God of glory. Because God gets great glory from his grace that covers your sin uh, and, and and hear me this this is beyond the you know naturally there's a there's a healthy point there where you're like, oh man uh, I'm convicted of this sin yeah. oh man I, oh, I'm, I'm so disappointed uh, not only uh, in myself but I'm just disappointed in in the, the, the act that I did, the struggle that came with that, maybe even what it produced, all those kinds of things. That's a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you allow that to turn from conviction to condemnation, that that's of the devil. And, and I always say that's a healthy way to understand the difference between the, the Holy Spirit working in your life and the, and the devil, the Holy Spirit brings about conviction. Conviction always brings to repentance a change of some behavior in your life uh, that would be uh, more uh, conformed to the very image of Christ. Whereas condemnation is just this big umbrella, this cloud of you're no good, this cloud of shame, this cloud of guilt that the devil will use to basically bury us uh, in some sense. Because, I mean, he knows he can't rob us of our salvation. He, he knows that. I mean, the, the devil knows he knows the Bible better than any of us sitting around this table. And I would say, arguably, our producer is a Bible scholar. Mm. But the yes, sir, the uh, the devil understands salvation. And so he knows he cannot rob us of our salvation. So instead, what he wants to do is rob us of the joy of that salvation and the glory that God gets from the forgiveness and the cleansing. And so, so I, would say, I would say the situation, Corey, of somebody who can't forgive themselves, maybe it's a situation to where you sit there and verbalize out loud. I, forg- I forgive myself because I have been forgiven. Mm. Forgive myself because I've been forgiven. I agree. It's almost like reverse confession. <laughs> I agree with God that i have been forgiven uh, and it's not i'm taking sin lightly it's not i'm giving myself a license to be disobedient but instead it's saying i trust i trust god for who i am i trust god in the way that he views me i've i've already i've already re- confessed and repented of this sin i am forgiven I am cleansed, and I'm going to take God at his word. And it'd be awesome if, if we just say that one time and it moves on. <laughs> but there are a lot of folks that struggle worse than others. Yeah. And I think it's a faith issue. I'm just going to have faith that just as Jesus was strong enough to forgive me from the judgment of my sin, which is hell, he's also strong enough. To forgive me from the condition of my sin, or even the—I um, don't know—the title or the 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 name that I like to put on my sin as mm-hmm. it applies to me. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. Yeah, but it's a constant struggle for some, some more than others, um, and it's just just like any kind of habit, man. I just got to get into this over and over you know i'm taking his word for what he says it to be uh and 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 likewise to be able to have somebody in your life that can speak life into you and that you can you can speak to about things like this and that you know they're going to hold it confidential and also are going to use it to uh sharpen you and to make you better and stronger and uh, to get you to believe that yeah god god not only was strong enough uh, to save you, but he's also strong enough to keep you saved. And he is strong enough to cleanse as mm-hmm. far as the East is from the West. I've laid it at his feet. I've surrendered this to him and I'm going to take him at his word.
0: I think we have such a limited view of grace to f- how big God's grace really is. a lot of times.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's why he wrote Galatians, right? <laughs> you bunch of grace robbers. <laughs> uh, and, and when we stop and think, I preached a sermon, I don't know, m- m- many years ago. And I, I, don't, I know it was out of Galatians. I don't remember a whole lot about it. Uh, but I remember the title of it was Trophies of Grace. And you go in my house right now uh, my my 13-year-old has trophies. Now, he he just got into the stage as a 13-year-old where he cleaned out all of his trophies and he put them in his closet because, you know, it's like, well, those are yesterday's achievements. Uh, but he didn't throw them in the trash can, which leads me to believe when he turns about 30, he's going to pull them all out and <laughs> display them again because I've got trophies that are in my office at the house Of which of teams that I didn't even play on, I just was the guy who made out the roster and stood over there on the sidelines. But uh, I was the oldest one and could outrun most of them, and so I I took the trophy home with me. But those trophies remind us of a great achievement, usually a great event, maybe uh, where we overcame something, whatever the case may be. When we think of grace, we got to remember. That for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we're, we're God's trophies of grace. Mm. That when God looks at us, God's like, oh man, I look at that Stephen Kyle. Oh man, aren't I good? And listen, to me, <laughs> he's not saying that because of anything that I'm doing that causes him to say, oh wow, aren't I good because of what I've created in him. If anything, he's looking at me and saying, man, I am so good. I can't believe my grace would even cover that mm. or, or him or her. And so, yeah, I would agree. We have a faulty view of, of grace because I think there's a fear, uh, uh especially in, well, well, I mean, we'll say the Baptist church, That's that's, that's where we are. There's a fear of, well, man, if all you talk about is grace, that's going to give people a license to go <laughs> out and do whatever in the world they want to do. And they're going to, they're gonna kill somebody or they're gonna speed or they're gonna, you know, push down a Girl Scout and steal her cookies. <laughs>
0: push down a Girl Scout.
1: <laughs> so Wow. Steal well no. Cookies. I mean no, it doesn't have to be either or. Yeah. It doesn't have to be either or. Paul addresses that. And he's gonna he addressed it a little bit in our scripture. And he's really going to dig into it more because he's sitting there and he's saying, whoa, 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 now understand, have a healthy view of grace. Let's understand grace is great. Grace is wonderful. Grace is not motivation to evil lifestyle. That even if you ask that question, if you even have that bit of uh, fiber about you, then, then do you, have you really ever been in a recipient of grace? Yeah, you're missing something. Yeah, something something's not firing right, uh, especially. Well, now, I've got to be honest with you, though. There have been times, those Samoas are good. There have been times that, you know, I was running short on cash, and I'm like, whew, if I could just get a box of Samoas. Standing
0: outside Publix.
1: That's that's exactly right.
0: Uh, Wow. So, all right, so you've you kind of hit a lot of things. You know, you, you made some statements um, that reference your sermon about our rotten thoughts, our ranted throats, our rank temperament, um, the fact that our society is kind of on this moralistic decline. We say one thing inside the church, we act very different outside the church walls. Um, but then we kind of hit this this thing of grace, where you know that's part of God's nature. It's His grace, His gracious nature. Like He gives us grace, but in that. Um, it talks about how through his grace, the law, the word of God, the law, the things that he says, exposes our sin. Um, and you even make reference to where we try to make excuses for our sin. We try to compare our sin to somebody else. And I think the church does a really good job of. We do that, like that's our society. Like we, we're not as bad as so and so. I'm not as bad as Corey. Whenever we, you know, walk the halls of the church, like he's really, really bad. You know, like we compare our sin to other things, and but you kind of say, well, his logs exposes our sin. So, how do we, how do we work through that on a on the daily? What well,
1: I think we continue to. Read the Word and let the Word expose us for, for where we are and, and who we are and realize that uh, when, when, when I, la- and I say this all the time here at Highland Park, when I when I laid the Word of God over my life and it doesn't match up, then there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the Word of God. It's not out of balance. But through the help of the Holy Spirit of God, uh, I, my life's got to be recalibrated. I want to, I want to hate that sin. I want to run from that sin. And uh, I want to, I want to become more and more to the likeness of Jesus so that God gets, God gets glory. And I fall more in love with him on this daily basis. So uh, yeah, and versus our our natural reaction. I mean, we even addressed it in in the sermon about about uh adam and eve you know the natural reaction or this i guess this was a couple of weeks ago the natural reaction is it's not my fault it's their fault Mm. or it's not my fault it's your fault (laughs) man Uh, we've all been there but uh you know to try to blame god for our sin you Mm. know you're like are you that's like trying to blame the car manufacturer for the fact that i was speeding (laughs) Makes no sense at all, but that's just part of our human nature. Well, I don't want to take ownership. I want to blame someone. And we know that the only way that we can receive freedom, that which we long for and need, even before we even know that we need it, is through that I'm the problem. I'm the I'm the guilty one. I'm the one that, that has sinned, and I'm not going to try to throw that excuse towards anyone else. I would say this. A lot of times, folks will sit there and when they're when they're dealing with some uh, some sin in their life, some disobedience in their life, uh, they they may have they may have backslidden. And I know that is a depending on who you talk to, that is a true philosophy or not. Right? Uh, clearly, I believe that you can go through a season of disobedience and still be a child of God. I, I think when that season of disobedience turns into a lifestyle and there is no conviction over that, then I think that's a dangerous place to be. And you should even sit there and say, well, does the Holy Spirit reside in me? And the reason why I bring that up is I just know what the Holy Spirit does for me. I know know how how the Holy Spirit works in my life. So I do think a lot of times what will happen is a believer will sit there and a believer will, let's just say, you know. Uh, they're involved in some kind of of uh, of sin, uh, some kind of lifestyle, some kind of uh, pattern that is contrary to what God says. The worst thing that we can do is what we tend to do. I'm going to quit reading the Bible. Huh. The, the Bible, the, uh, the, the Bible makes me feel bad. Well, that's called conviction. <laughs> that is a good thing. It is a healthy thing. I know that there are folks out there that even say that conviction is not something that happens in the life of a believer, that there is only conviction unto salvation. I would say that that is not a biblical precept. That That's not right. That's part of the nature of the Holy Spirit of God. Again, not convicting us to be saved after we are saved, but convicting us of, this is not who you are as a saved person. That's, a, that's all part of that sanctification process that begins the very day that we get saved, so I'm being sanctified over and over and over, becoming more and more into the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ. So what happens? Well, I've got some unrepentant sin in my life, some rebellion in my life, I'm a follower of Christ, I gotta quit reading the Bible because man, the Bible makes me feel bad. I know we live in a world that says feeling bad is the worst thing that can happen to you. (laughs) Stay away from anything that makes you feel uncomfortable. Well, that that's not healthy. That's not healthy. I'm I need to be in His Word. I, I need I need friends that are gonna hold me accountable. You know, that's what we'll do. We'll pull away from those relationships as well with believers. I can't tell you the number of folks that that we probably all have known that are in our lives that they, we used to have conversations with them. We used to hang out with them. We used to d- discuss scripture with them and what God's doing in their life. And then all of a sudden, they start slowly going down this pathway And those conversations ceased. Maybe we used to worship with them and we're like, man, it's been several weeks since I've seen them at church. And, you know, you used to, you would call them, they would answer the phone immediately. Now you'll text them and they might respond. It'll be short. It'll be several days. You can tell they don't want to have a conversation because it's kind of the same way. Uh, You being in their life, it's, it's. It's kind of like that mirror as well. Versus, versus the fact that that's what we all need—the very thing that'll be beneficial for us—is the very thing that we run from. So I, I would just say to anybody that's listening to this, man. First of all, thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. If it weren't for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, then none of us would 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 ever. Get anywhere near the likeness of Jesus Christ. And the reality is, is you should, you should are, you know, as you grow in Christ, as you mature in your faith, you ought to start consistently getting it a little bit more right than you get it wrong. <laughs> now, nobody's going to be perfect, but you ought to at least, you ought at least be different. So that, to me, that's a danger. We want to disengage, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe folks that have even Im- been involved in ministries that you guys are a part of. Right. And uh, you're like, what happened to them? Where'd they go? Why? We can't even find them anymore. I tease all the time that we've got over 3,000 members on the church roll of Highland Park Baptist Church, uh, Panama City, 2611 Highway 231 North, if you'd like to stop by and visit us, at and highlandpark.org. <laughs> uh, that's a shameless plug, but the <laughs> we have over 3,000 members here and literally a 1,000 of them, it's it, it, months since we've seen or heard from them or anything, and it's just a danger. Stay. That's, that's why church is so important. Relationships with other believers so important. Getting into God's word so important on that daily basis.
0: So you kind of you kind of hit it. You know, um, kind of closing this thing out um, because of God's grace. Yeah, his law exposes our sin, but you're, one of your last statements, one of your last points in the sermon is that his love extends forgiveness for my sin. And, you know, I know Corey kind of asked that question, like, how do you forgive yourself? Um, and what do we do with this forgiveness thing? But there is, there's something to be said about seeking God's forgiveness. And you even asked the congregation, it's like, have you done that today? Like, have you sought God's forgiveness? Um, Cause we all need that that makeover of, and, and you kind of you kind of tell a story about a makeover, but um, I, I think it's important for us as staff, as ministers of the gospel, as people here um, dealing with a congregation that we're dealing with, helping people understand that His love extends forgiveness for our sin and I I say it week after week every time we're on this podcast like I mean you make a beeline for the cross and every time that you speak um, you're not ashamed of the gospel but um, how how freeing is it to understand God's grace how freeing is it to understand what he's done for us sending his son Jesus so that way we could have life um, we could have that forgiveness of sins. Um, it's just—it's a, a beautiful picture.
1: Yeah, the great the the greatest gift the world has ever been given is forgiveness of sin. Right. Uh, grace. You know what is grace? Grace is not getting what I deserve. It is getting what I need. Undeserved favor. Yeah, undeserved favor. Right out of Webster's dictionary. The yes, sir. Grace not received is grace that is null and void for you as an individual. That it is the beautiful gift, but I mean we, we make this analogy all the time. I mean, let, let let's say that it was Corey's Corey's birthday, and I you know I went out and bought him a brand new Gibson's guitar. I even went down to Bill Street in Memphis and bought it hmm. myself. And gave it to him, and he said, "No, I don't want it i've I've already got one, you know, that I bought at Kmart out on the beach before they went out of business i don't I don't want that. Well, no, I bought it for you, please, you know, g- let me give it to you. I don't want it Wouldn't you understand. I drove to Memphis, Tennessee. I mean it was like a golly, ten hour twelve hour drive. And I walked down Bill Street in the middle of a pouring rain. if you've never did, been down Bill Street in Memphis, it doesn't always have the best odors. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> and especially with rain. And, and you don't understand, there was this one was there, and there was a guy there that he wanted it, and we got in a bidding war. And I had to tap into my savings, and I bought you this guitar. Corey, take this guitar. <laughs> man. Take take the guitar. No, I don't want it. I don't need it. Don't give it. I'm, no, you take it back. Well, I mean, how much more? Here's a God that, while we were still sinners, sent his only son, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, and to go on the cross to die and pay a price so that spiritually we might have life and not have death. And God's like, here you go. There's nothing you could do to earn it. Uh, You you, you could never get this gift on your own. All you have to do is just take it. Receive it. And yet, Folks are like, eh. Nah, yeah. Nah. Mm. I don't need it. See, that's the that's the reason why it's so key. The first part of the scripture that we study today, the the first step to truly being redeemed and reborn is, man, I need to be redeemed and reborn. I I, I need to be saved. Mm. I need Forgiveness, and that's the problem. We we live in such a uh, society today where folks are like, well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm the person that that I was created to be. Yeah. I got time, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or yeah, or even I've got time, or whatever the case is. But that's to me that you're sitting here, and that's the reason why those of us who who walk in the grace of God, who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and I. And I know that there are folks out there that would say, "Oh, you're one of those easy believism guys, aren't you?" Well, yeah, I mean, I I think it is easy. <laughs> it's almost too easy. Right. We're like, "Where's the catch?" Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm supposed to be a servant. Ah, I got it now. Well, no, no, when when you when you've been forgiven and the Holy Spirit takes up resident residence in your life and he gives you freedom from your bondage. Right. Of, guilt and shame and sin, then you're like, it's not that I have to be a servant. Mm. I mean, I get to be a yeah. servant. <laughs> I want to be his servant. And that's the reason why we, we who are in Christ want to walk up to folks and grab them by the collars and just shake them and say, what are you doing? Do you not understand the links that I... God went to to secure this gift for you. And here you mm. are not receiving it. Mind-blowing. mind, mind blowing. Yeah, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, yeah, to do. yeah, yeah. And yeah, the Holy Spirit of God. We you know, our. the reason why the Bible tells us to pray for the lost that they may be saved. Yeah. That the Holy Spirit of God would continue to bring about conviction and drawing them unto Christ. And then they receive that gift.
0: I'll, I'll close with this last line that you had in your sermon uh says think of a holy god who loves you so much he is willing to send a son son to come down to the cross in spite of all our imperfections in spite of the hideous deformities of our nature when jesus died on the cross it was god wrapping his arms of love around us and saying this is how much i love you so it's a beautiful picture of the cross a beautiful picture of what he does for us pastor Stephen. thank you For your time again today, diving into Romans chapter 3. Corey Gann, thank you for your time and uh, your input today. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week.
1: Hi, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you today for listening to our Unchangeable Truth podcast. Our prayer is that you have been challenged as well as encouraged as we study God's Word verse by verse. If you're ever in the Panama City area, we would love for you to come and worship with us in person at Highland Park Baptist Church, 2611 Highway 231 North in Panama City. If you want to learn more about our ministry and about our church, we would encourage you to go to our website, www. Dot Highland, and that's H-I-L-A-N-D park, P-A-R-K dot org. If you have any questions or any comments about today's podcast, feel free to shoot us an email at info at org. That's H-I-L-A-N-D P-A-R-K dot org. Our prayer is that you would continue to draw close to God. And if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, Please reach out to us and let us share with you the greatest story that's ever been told. God bless.
0: Hey, this is Ryan Tucker and welcome to today's sermon as Pastor Stephen looks at Romans chapter 3, 9 through 20 as we reflect on our own sin and how we look at that through God's Word.